Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. That's right, you may have guessed it. My name is A.J. Kierens, and I'm your host here each and every week. I'm very proud of that. It brings me great joy and great happiness to be here with you today, because today is episode number 50, 50, 50, 50, 50. I feel like I need to have like a big horn, like, you know, if it was uh, Monty Python, the Holy Grail or something, we get, you know, get the big announcement with the big trumpets, you know, and the men in their, their ironclad, you know, get up, but... We will skip that bullshit for today and just say that it is with great pride that we bring to you episode number 50, and we look forward to 50 more, and then 50 more, and then 20 more, and then maybe six, and then maybe at that point, you know, maybe we'll do four, who knows, but we are in the midst of our fifth 12-pack, our fifth season, and we bring to you this week Jordan Gullett, checking in from the Midwest, Solemn Oath, really excited to have him with us, Jordan, J-O-U-R-D-O-N.com, check him out, make sure you send send some love. So this week's episode, we're going to give you a little quick synapse, a little teaser before we dive into it. It is a long one, and it was, it was one of the easier ones to do. So those are beautiful, they're really organic, really natural, and I'll give you a little, little spoiler for you, but at the end, you know, I do... Let Jordan know that I think that we could have, you know, spoken for hours. Usually better over cold beers in 3D. But it was great. We talk about his his career, his story, you know, his hard work, you know, dad life, which is really important. You know, which is a great transition into, you know, van life. You know, double entendre there of that van life. And it was just really great. You know, we shared some stories, some good times. Good times. It was the best of times. And uh, we think you're really going to like this one. So remember, really quick for those scoring at home, 16ozcanvas.com is our website. You can also find us on the social medias. We're on the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram, and now YouTube. And I think we're trying out Vimo. I don't know what the fuck Vimo is, but all the artists seem to be using it. So. In this regards, we are the literal sheep. We just followed along because we heard there's a limited number of users. Then you had to pay or some shit. I don't know. So we're following along with that. 16-ounce canvas is us. I'm always AJ. You're always you. And hopefully you're having a good time. This week is no different. This one's a special one because, well, first off, it's 50 episodes, which is crazy. But second off, we say we're beer agnostic. I've heard of Salmoth. I've gotten numerous requests or recommendations for me to have Jordan on the show. So that's just cool in of itself. You know, the first one I think was Mr. Matthew Ryan Sharp. You know, so uh, you know, tip of the cap to Mateo. But we've had listeners. You know, we've gotten submissions. People sending us, you know, slid into our DMs. Thankfully, no dick pics, which I really do appreciate. If you're going to send me a message, you know, just keep it. And keep it family friendly. But yeah, the recommendations are there. And it's nice when I've never had a Solomon's beer to really 
come to love the you know the art and you know really have a new appreciation for Jordan. So I think that that will you know that will shine through this week. So without further ado, I bring to you the one, the only, Mr. Jordan Gullet, Solomon's Brewing, right here on episode fifty. <laughs> yeah, episode fifty. Sixteen ounce canvas. I can do it all day, and people don't hear that shit. So enjoy. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Really excited to have with us today Jordan Gullett, uh, checking in from the Midwest. Jordan, as we mentioned before, we've been looking for, always looking for new artists and suggestions, and we love when we get them. And Jordan is kind of a, you know, a twofer. We've gotten recommendations you know, to, to reach out to him via other artists and also some of our fans. So it's really exciting. Really you know, appreciate you, uh, you know, making the time today to, uh, to, to join us, Jordan. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. We're really excited. Like I said, you know, um, as we've mentioned before and you know, the, your work is definitely kind of speaks for itself. I've, you know, like I said, I travel in the Midwest and I, I've seen it, uh, occasionally I've, live in Connecticut so we don't get solemn here and you know we're going to rectify that but really just kind of a, a testament <laughs> to, to your work is you know really we're big fans of you know you as the artist and it's one of those special cases where you know your artwork is going to you know get us to to buy the beard I think that's you know given you know your strong design and you know your great black and white and you know line work I think that that's probably a case for a lot of folks and I think it really probably helps the brand really kind of stand out and you know, fight, fight for that space on the shelf. So it's a real compliment to, to your work is really impressive. Thanks, man. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm flattered and I'm glad you guys are a fan and cool. I'm happy to be here. Cool. When we say, when you say we just, just to be full disclosure. And if you listen before, we're the Royal we, so it's really just myself. So I'm just kind of, a. <laughs> it just makes us sound bigger when we say we, so I just, but since we're getting along so well, I was going to, I'll just let you know a little on that little secret. It's a, it's a good trick. Cool. That's cool. cool with me. Yeah, cool. So I think just, you know, kind of just to, to get started and, you know, throw it back to you, you know, can you kind of give us the, you know, the Jordan story? You know, how do you started getting into, you know, drawing and, you know, your your style? I know that a lot of your work is, you know, black and white, but I've also noticed, you know, recently you've started to, you know, kind of experiment and add more, you know, color into your work. You know, what's kind of the, you know, the Jordan Gullet story? You know, let's, let's just let you take over a little bit. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I think it starts as most people that are sort of similar or in the similar situation that I am and is uh, you start young, it's kind of something that you pick up, it almost seems naturally and you kind of go from there and develop it. My uh, father was an artist, he used to paint motorcycles and cars and semi trucks and do a lot of like very sort of um, attention to detail sort of things like uh pinstriping or you know uh letter painting like sign painting and um he kind of instilled very early on that you know if you're drawing what you're drawing try to do it like um to the best of your ability like if you're going to tell a story make it work essentially so it's like the most basic example i can give is like you're going to draw a stool it better look like a stool and it better have dimension and it looks like it's sitting on a ground, you know, it's kind of like, you know, tell the whole story, like illustrate it. Um, and that was kind of just like a, like, oh, Holy shit. Okay. I'm like 10 years old. I don't, I'm trying to draw superheroes, you know, but 
Um, but it's definitely some stuff that I've taken into consideration as I've developed. And then, you know, I went through high school, I did some murals and did some commissions. And then I started to realize that maybe this thing could be something interesting and I'm not really very good at anything else. So I went to art, you know, I went to college in Chicago, the American Academy of Art and basically went to school for illustration and design and, and really all they do is they hone in your skills like crazy. I mean, you go there Monday through Friday and you do things from life drawing to working on the computer and, you know, oil painting to printmaking. And you're kind of bouncing all over the place using all these materials and learning how to use the, you know, the hand and eye coordination that you have with drawing or as a draftsman and apply it to other mediums and see where you kind of feel like it fits. And um, for me, bouncing all over the place like that with different materials was something that I was really attracted to. And I would just, you know, get excited to learn something new and work with this and then get excited and work with something like that. And then um, from there, I uh, just kept doing that exact same thing to today. I, you know, I used to teach, or I should say, man, I'm totally going in like really vague, but really detailed at the same time. <laughs> it's like, so basically when I graduated college, I got an internship to teach an arts program with After School Matters. And that was um, basically like here in Chicago, um, a lot of high schools don't have like programs for the arts. So this was like an outlet for students to go after school and do like, let's say printmaking or cooking or dance or however. Um, and I worked part-time for them for like 10 years. And I did things from like furniture design to mural to printmaking, like screen printing to um, fine art painting. And, and I think part of the way I work and sort of to reference back to how you're saying, like there was a lot of black and white stuff and lately I've been doing color. I think it's just, I, you know, I sort of like experiment and see what I can get out of something in that moment. And then I keep developing it and changing it and working with different materials until it sort of develops into whatever it is. And I think that'll always be constantly changing. I think from a year from now, things may look a little different than they did a year ago. And obviously there's similarities, but I just get restless and like new challenges and I have to keep challenging myself and figuring out how to use the drafts ability that I have towards whatever the project that is in front of me. I, I do typically work more commercially, so it's not so much like a fine art thing. It's usually someone comes to me and needs something designed or illustrated, and then we I work with them to develop sort of how that is going to look. Um, I think that sort of might <laughs> break down in a general, like, the last, yeah. 20 years of my life. Yeah, right. Like some up, yeah, some of your whole life and you know and right now it's like yeah, so for some right. people, yeah, some folks are like, "What?" Yeah, and I I yeah, and I, like I said and we were we were talking when we first got started, you know, as somebody who do freelance websites, you know, just getting the the right domain name is like that's such a especially now it's like impossible. You have to get super creative and you know, we were I felt we were pretty lucky right. we got 16 ounce canvas. That's why I we went with the numbers you know, versus, you know, you know, different ways of writing it. And we, you know, we tried numerous ways to see what was the catchiest. And, but I mean, Jordan's website is Jordan.com. Now, the only, the only thing that might be, you know, you have a unique spelling of your name. 
you know, J O U R D O N dot com. But that's like boss. Like that's it. Like right. that's it. Once you know who he is, like it just shows right up. And so I think that's clutch. Man, yeah. I oh sorry. I was so excited when I saw that it was available. I just like ditched my old website and redid everything all like in the same like two week span. I just like that was my original intent was to get that and I thought I never would. And then as soon as I saw it was available, I bought it all up and locked it all in and Yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. In the early, yeah, because in the early days, like you know, I was like, wait, you know, to date myself, I'm probably a little older than you, but like, GeoCities, I thought it was. A, I remember, early days, I thought I'm like, if I had AJ.com, that would be like the coolest thing ever, and then, but like, it was right. bought by you know somebody had it, and it, eventually it was AskJeeves.com. That used to piss me off so much, because that's not that was pretty much like before Google, you know, it was just like the stupid website of a, a pretentious looking butler, and I was like, oh man, you know, for a while we had right. Kieran's.com, but. No one else in the family seemed to be as excited as I was about it. So I think that's probably still available if someone wants to squat it, you know, and have me pay for that later. Yeah. <laughs> but, right. And yeah. it's one of those things, like, even if you didn't, even if a company doesn't own it, some dude somewhere is sitting on, like, you know, hundreds of domain names and just waiting for someone to need it. And depending on how that person develops or their brand, the cost goes up higher and higher to get that domain name or whatever yeah like that, was, like that was a that was a way to make money for a while like it was like right. really called like domain squatting and people would just be like gotta get creative yeah, and yeah. i think somehow sometimes now in the courts i think there's like you can you know you have a better chance of winning stuff like mm-hmm. that i mean the famous one is like the wwf right i mean that, that's now you know oh uh, yeah 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 that's why they're wwe because the world you know it's just kind of like you have to kind of mm-hmm. prove yourself right but this is not a way now it's, yeah, but, yeah. No, we could talk about. I was just gonna say now the thing is people are locking in emoji websites like fire turd whatever dot com like it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, we, my, yeah, that's hilarious. I just saw an article about it. Just, yeah, yeah. No, we watched. Uh, I have a four. <clears throat> I have a four year old, and I would not recommend this movie. It might go down as one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but for a four year old, it was pretty good. The emoji movie, it was fucking terrible. Uh, yep awful yep already crossed that off my list yeah i've seen it it's uh yeah it's not good like it just didn't make like, it didn't make any it didn't make any sense but like and even he was like this is not i don't really like this dad and then uh, they're smart like every time they would say that within like three minutes they'd have the the poop emoji and then he'd be like dad there's the poop emoji and just laugh and then it was like right that got right. him through and then they had a little poop and it was like all right shit's funny like you know i was like i was okay <laughs> yeah. but like they should have a spin-off movie and be the poop emoji like that would be that would be right. that would be a funnier movie. But as I was saying before, I totally butchered your segue. Jordan.com, and I, I I love I love the website. You know, I think it's because the one of the things about your artwork is the the intricacy and the really like detailed line work. And so I think the way you design the site with the the larger imagery, it really allows people to appreciate your work. And you know, it's but it's still clean and super organized. You have a really solid you know portfolio. You know. Sk- and you're seeing commercial work, right? I mean, so you, you know, you've done a large amount of murals, you know, um, you know, th- throwback to younger AJ having, you know, my, uh, my, my blue suede, uh, Doc Martens, you know, and so lo- 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 <laughs> loving to see that. And, you know, just some of the great mural work, skate decks. I mean, obviously solemn, but it's just, um, mm-hmm. it's really impressive, you know, to, just to see that. And it's nice cause you can kind of see the evolution. You're saying, you know, you're challenging yourself with the color, you know, some of the earlier stuff is, you know, just kind of the, the, the color highlights of certain sections and really makes it pop. And then, you know, you, you can kind of see where your, you know, your 
I love the sharing of the exploration. I think it's really being an artist, you know, a lot of folks have different paths. They either show kind of just final product only and keep kind of the process and others, you know, show, you know, show how they, how they got there. And so I, I think it's a really, you know, it's a really, uh, I don't know. It's really, int- I think it's intense because right? you're making yourself pretty vulnerable. <laughs> it's something that's already kind of, right. uh, you know, a difficult thing at times. It is. It's like, uh, I mean, thank you. Yeah. It's, uh, it, I've spent a lot of time on that website, probably way more time than I would have liked to have, but it's, you know, it's sort of in parallel to my career. It's like, it's always in progress and it's always changing and, you know, you're finding new ways to, you know, reinvent the wheel, I guess, where you're kind of just trying to, you know, not only keep it interesting for people like you, but as well myself and does it properly, you know, represent, the type of things I want to do and the way I want to like put it out there. So that way if people are interested in it. They'll be like, Oh, I know what to expect. And yeah, I'll have him do this or that or whatever, whether it's a mural or something for doc Martens or, you know, however. So, yeah, um, I've, I've, sometimes I've, it stresses me out. Well, <laughs> so right. Like, the I, yeah. Part, yes. I'm really happy with it. Right. I think that for somebody like <clears> yourself, who's, I mean, the amount of beers, let alone from Solomon, not to mention your other commercial work, I always say that, you know, artist websites, as much as they would like them to be, they're never going to be up to date like they should, like, quote unquote, should be. And that's because you're, especially doing more commercial work, your clients are your, your priority. And that, and especially, you know, where right. things are, you can't, you know, you, you can't be putting up all the photos or, you know, you might be so deep in a product, you don't take all the photos that you really wanted to, you know, you, shit, you're five hours in your mural and you maybe forgot your before picture or you wanted to do a time lapse and, you know, you're trying to yeah, do 75 different stuff. things. Like, it sounds cool, but, like, <laughs> it doesn't always work like that. Right. You're more caught up in the moment of, like, getting something done that you should be working on versus, like, you know, thinking about the stuff that this relates to yourself, you know? So it's, like, doing a good job for the client is the priority, and then you try to just, like, salvage whatever you saved from it to promote it on your end. Yeah, and exactly. hope that it translates. Yeah. And yeah, now we, and, and again, you're, you know, you have a, a 10 month old. So any, any extra time that you <laughs> yeah. have is, you know, congratulations. Welcome to, you know, dad life. It's uh, probably one of the, thanks, thanks. the greatest, most stressful things you'll, you know, you'll ever create. And so it's, uh, it's good now though. Cause at 10 months now, do you have a, I, I should have asked before, is it, is your uh, child a son or a daughter? Is your, uh, my son, your his son, name is yeah. Van. Um, his name, and, is, his uh, name is what? Uh, van v-a-n-n okay cool and <laughs> yeah. yeah no which is great because now is the best time at least for that because he can't move as much give him about three four months then you're going to turn around and he's going to be somewhere else and so um oh, man yeah. yeah i mean we're kind of in a stage now where it's like i have to like put up barriers because he does crawl and he's starting to walk but not enough to where you know it's an issue yet but like the crawling thing is certainly new and like, holy shit, man. Like it's like they're either awake or they're asleep. And when they're awake, it's like they're moving, man. Like <laughs> it's kind of like a nonstop thing. It's, it's a trip for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. And one of the business ideas I have is to folks with kids who are a little bit older than your son is to rent them out to mm-hmm. see how you really think your house is childproof versus the reality of it. Cause I think you'll find that, right. Oh yeah. There's no way they could do that. And then these kids turn into, you know, safe crackers and, you know, they can hack things up. And next thing you know, you know, they're, they're covered in permanent marker and, 
you know, or, or bubble gum or, or whatnot. So yeah, I'm, I don't know the yeah. the child well, labor, the child labor laws seem to be pretty pretty restricting for that business idea, but I'm trying to work around it. So we'll see. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, I have a space at home. I don't have like a separate studio. And uh, sometimes I think I can just be like, oh, you'll just hang out in the same area as me. And then I'm somebody more time like, oh, no, 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 don't touch that. Oh, wait, there's, there's all these materials on the floor. Or there's like this stuff over here or stuff on shelves. And next thing you're realizing, like, holy cow, they can really uh, get into some stuff, even though you would think like, oh, there's just a bin over there. Like, no big deal. Next thing you know, the bin's open and all those materials are pulled out and they're chewing on whatever. And you're just kind of like, ooh, OK, maybe I should just not bring you in here <laughs> yeah right it's like okay that pro- yeah because yeah we've we've been trying to connect for a while I, you know and it's just uh which is this part of the fun part of it like i always you know I try to be flexible and so it works it worked itself out but just once you met like i said to you before once right. you mentioned 10 month old i was like well we will make the day of the interview we will confirm it about six times and make sure you know because who knows what our <laughs> hour could be yeah. i mean i've taken i've taken both my children to the er for swallowing things you know, we have uh, a nickel from our oldest and a penny from the youngest. Okay. And then the youngest one yep, night yep. woke up in the middle of the night and told us he swallowed a marble. We don't have, really have marbles, but he <laughs> but he was very adamant he did. Oh so we had God. a race to the ER, get x-rayed to find out he didn't swallow anything. But, you know, like we were, so we're two out of three on that. We have both the penny and the nickel. Better so, be safe than sorry. Yeah, we do have the penny yep. and the nickel. So we will figure a way to... We'll probably frame those or you know use those for embarrassing stories when they get you know get married in the future. But it's uh, it's never a dull moment. Totally. Now, now, right. a, now, as an yeah, artist, yeah. Even ha- when you, yeah. So go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's okay because if I ask a question, it'll, it'll turn in the direction of your comment. I, I, it's just like something like my wife and I all talk about all the time, where we're like, oh well, you know, you, you're very, your schedules are very reliant on your calendar, essentially. Like especially after you have a kid. So it's like, oh, we'll lock in that day, but it's still like a gamble. Like something could go wrong or they get sick or you have to deal with something that's like, we'll just throw a whole, you know, whole, throw the whole thing off. And that's something that's new to me, you know, that I'm trying to figure out is like doing commercial work and working with so many people, you kind of have to like, you know, able to block out times and work on projects and develop things. And with this, it's like, holy shit, <laughs> I'm working through the night, I'm getting up in the morning, I'm, you know, I'm having an hour or two here, and three hours there, and oh, he's napping now, like, okay, I'm going to get this done, and answer these emails, and yeah. suddenly you're just like, around his schedule, and by <laughs> his, I mean my son, you know. Yeah, like, he's, yeah he's the boss, he runs, yeah, he, he's the boss, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, you think that, yeah, exactly, so, um, yeah, I definitely, um, and one, one fun trick, which um, is that it's good if you don't want like, if you get invited places or you don't want to do something, and, like, when you first said you did, you thought you did, you can use the, I got, you, you your kid can get sick or not feeling well or might have a fever or, or you can, mm-hmm. you can bullshit, you can use your kid as an excuse for a good, like, two plus, <laughs> yeah. two plus years and no one's going to yeah, say anything, especially with the first one, it's like, all bets are off, like, you don't have to commit to anything you don't want right. to do for a good two years, it's nice. It really is true, and I'm definitely going through that right now. Yeah, and if anyone, any of my friends or family are listening and you're questioning maybe not appearing to that birthday party or something, I would never do that to you. <laughs> yeah. I would never do that to you. I'm just saying other people. Right, right. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, now, as an artist, have you noticed anything different about you know how you see things or just kind of you know, since becoming a father? Has that impacted your 
your work or kind of your your perspective on things? Um, I was a little nervous um, going into it in terms of just because I, I honestly I work a lot and I work. There's no you know sort of like a nine to five scenario with this. It's like work comes and goes and clients come and go and see you work weekends, nights, more, whatever. It's not like you just show up and you start working and then you go home. It's kind of like things are always on your mind. And, um, it's like a 24 seven thing. So when we found out my wife was pregnant, I got really nervous about, you know, being able to balance the right amount of attention for him. And then also the right amount of attention for work and then like paying bills. And, um, I, really, really was, I feel like having a borderline anxiety attack for like nine months. And then once he was born, I don't know, there was like this clarity and suddenly you just make it work. It's really hard to explain. I just, one, you feel like this like intense level of love that is not like anything else. And it's really hard to explain unless you have a kid and like, I almost just like every time I hold him, I just want to like squeeze him into my heart. Like it's crazy. And then, you know, you do what you do and you do what you have to. And, um, and honestly, if I would have, it's always like, if I would have known then what I know now, and I, I actually work more and my work, I feel like has gotten better. So I, I honestly thought that wouldn't happen. So if anything, um, it's been for the better. I mean, it's always for the better, but, you understand what I'm saying? Like I, uh, I really thought that this was going to like throw a wrench in the whole thing and that I was going to have to like do something different or for a while anyway. And then, you know, sometimes things are stressful and they're harder, but, um, I, my work has developed more in the last two years, but I guess it's always developing in that sense. But I feel like I took like a huge leap and took things more serious or something and maybe it's because i'm home more often and i don't go out as much or i don't know i mean it's probably a combination of things but um i was nervous and now in the end it's been really great it's still hard don't get me wrong <laughs> oh yeah i just think that it's yeah i think i mean to your whole squeezing into the heart I think it's, a, it's a beautiful way to say that because i just you know when you i look at them and i go wow i made i made a human being like you I mean you're an artist you're creating all the time but like this is like the, to the, you know, and our son was our old first was uh, was a preemie, so he was really tiny, like he was really early, oh, yep. and like from a like he was three pounds, and so now to see him now, oh, he's wow. seven, and he's you know taller than other kids, it's like it's amazing mm-hmm. just to see that and to see you know, I always say you know just to see things, I can say okay, this is the first time I know the first time he saw the Pacific Ocean, I know the first time he. You know, right. had ice cream, or I know the first time he, you know, whatever, heard himself fart. Like, there's just like all these cool things that you don't, <laughs> yeah. that you don't it's, appreciate. You it's know, really it's really exciting. Yeah. And for me, it's like really exciting to be like, check this out. Isn't it cool? And, you know, if they are really excited about it, then you kind of are, you know, really even more excited about that new thing. And then, you know, sometimes they might not be even care, but, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think that's part of the. Go ahead. No, I just think you were saying before, like, you know, with the, the lessons your dad, you know, taught you, you know, which I think, you know, mm-hmm. oh, that Superman needs a little more definition or he's not, you know, I, the wind right. is not proper. Like, you know, the support that your parents gave you by, you know, your dad being an artist, I think that helped to you know, instill that into you. And I think that 
one of the things of my big takeaways from this and one of the reasons we did the project is a to put something positive out there but really just to kind of realize that you know there's different ways to happiness and to I just want when my kids look at what I'm doing know that like I went for it or I, I gave it my all and I didn't have to take the the straight and narrow and I took chances and allow them whatever they're going to be if they're going to be the weirdest kid the smartest kid the <laughs> funniest kid or just you know right. the happiest kid like whatever they want to be is who they are and like I think that that's really cool and I, so I think that your art you know your when your son gets older and knows all the amazing work that you did and how passionate and you believe in something whatever his thing is he's not he's gonna have that built-in confidence just by you know being your son I, so i think it's a i think it's amazing i love artists you know having children because i think that you guys you know by being who you are make the world you know just make the yeah you know, i think it's all about a larger perspective and i think that you're helping to 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 change those lenses and i think it's important i yeah i agree like it and it you know being someone who's creative or whatever um it you know it sort of glosses over to so many other things like even when you're kind of just like playing with them you kind of like create scenarios or like mess with materials that maybe they don't typically mess with and for me that's like a lot of fun and like to get them to you know think of things outside of the box and um like all the stuff that you basically just like mentioned are things that i'm actually really excited about and gets me like you know hopeful for the future for like you know little moments like that that can really mean a lot in the long term yeah really i mean because you you know i have a bad day or shitty day or get yelled at or ever and i come home and they run you know they run to see me they don't care they don't care if i had a big day of sales or you know i was Right. Did this, that, and the other. It's like, dude, dad's here, and that's all that matters, you know? Like, that's, so I think it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's nice to, I'm really happy for you, and I, I'm excited to, to see, to see how, you know, that evolves, and, you know, just, uh, you know, I like to, yeah, I already, I already love what you're doing anyway, so I think it's exciting that, you know, you now have this, you know, a new critic at home, and he's gonna, he's gonna you know he's gonna he's gonna grind you you know you gotta make all sorts of cool stuff and yeah yeah i think playtime would be pretty kick-ass too you know you you have to use your imagination probably you know more than most and i think it's important that you're bringing these ideas and you know things to life and yeah your son your son's lucky he's gonna have a good time man so congrats to you dad life that means a lot yeah no it's awesome i love being a dad it's the best job ever it's the best thing i ever did and so i mean that's really where i'm at with it and um, you know, when, you know, I don't know, it just gives me, yeah, it gives, gives me perspective. And I think when I talk to folks like you and see how they bring ideas or images to life and express things, you know, the beauty is we could have, you know, this is being maybe 50 or 51 episode, 52, we'll say. And mm-hmm. if I, if I took all of you and sent you all the same specs or ideas for a, a label or a piece of art, you know, I'm pretty confident I would get 52 completely different interpretations of it and that's fucking amazing oh totally and that's what i love yeah like that that's and that's why we're doing it yeah and that would be my argument why more companies should hire more creative people because it only makes everything that they do more interesting and you know to have that variation and have like sort of like that individuality and you know that approach um is only going to benefit them yeah because i mean uh, last, I was in, last time I was in Chicago. I think we, you just confirmed you were going to do it. 
you know, and I was, uh, I just like to stop in. It's kind of like going to the mini art gallery. I go to like just random liquor stores here and there, even when I'm stocked mm-hmm. up, just to see the shelves and see how things are. And I come from a marketing, you know, school background, you know, and you know that most, you know, most laundry detergent is going to be, for instance, in an orange container because that's what Tide is. So they don't own the color orange, but like the generic and the other brands all want to be orange. So at least you know what it is. But beer doesn't do right. that. Beer doesn't do that. And they, you know, and I was like, okay, you know, I saw some of your stuff and I, I was like, I, I, but I didn't know it was you. Went to this can. I was like, fuck yeah, dude, I can't wait. That That's, you know, he's going to go to this podcast. And so I just love it. Like, you know, and more and more, yeah. you know, we're, we're part of the fun is, you know, exploring your portfolio. And like I said, Jordan.com, J-O-U-R-D-O-N.com, Jordan on Instagram, you know. And, uh, yeah, it's really, I really, uh, it's, I'm psyched. So, um, and, and talking about, you know, your, your style, you know, I think that doing more commercial work, I think that, you know, you need to have a kind of a more tools in your, uh, arsenal or more versatility, but how would you describe kind of your, you know, your style? We use the, the cringe word, the aesthetic word, but yeah, how would you describe that? I found more and more just to caveat that, that you know, folks who are, you know, working commercially or just kind of, you know, doing stuff uh, as you do sometimes say that they're don't have a aesthetic by, you know, by design because they're always evolving and growing. So I've, uh, I was just very proud of that. Like a year ago when we came up with the idea of the podcast to have like an artsy, you know, vernacular question. So if you say no, mm-hmm. I, I totally get it, but I just, the other artists <laughs> always get, they also hate it too. So I figure it's kind of a shared pain point. It's hard because it is exactly what you said, where, you know, you literally sort of develop till the day you die, you know, and it's, you know, things will, materials change, technology changes, the approach changes, the way you um, display the work or print it or however, it will always be changing. And um, so I think like, you know, some people are better at working a style and really honing in on it and pushing it their whole lives and I'm sort of like more impressed with people like that because I certainly don't work that way. I am constantly like, I, you know, I'll go home and I'll do something totally different. You know, it's like work on a piece of wood or something. And, you know, I like these like different outlets and, um, doing things so similar. I, I feel like I just like the attention span isn't there. So it's like, it's hard for me to say that I know that I have, a style and an approach for sure. Cause it's, you know, it's coming from me, but I feel like for me, I'm always trying to like reinvent it. So it's like, you know, like let's say the stuff from Salomo that it is a branding and there is a style for sure. So like that stuff with the brewery kind of developed with the owner and he kind of wanted something a little bit darker and a little bit more, um, wild, I guess. I don't know. Um, like the conversations we would always have is like, what's, you know, the weirder, the better. And that would be sort of a jump off point for pretty much everything that we'd work on. So it's like, you know, the brewers might come up with a wild name for a beer name called, you know, Snaggletooth Bandana or Butterfly Flash Mob. And they'd be like, what do you think? And you go like, okay, uh, I'll figure something out. And then you try to push the weirdness of, you know, sort of the names that they came up with and hope that like you could still have something that is okay to, you know, publicly sell, but at the same time, make it interesting enough that 
you know, say people like you would see it and know that, you know, that maybe that's a solemn oath thing. And, um, it's hard. It's, that's a tough question because it's, my mind wanders so much and wants to push things in so many different ways that I think the only consistency that I have is that, um, it feels even weird to say it about yourself, but like, I'm really good at drawing. So it's like, I feel like I'm a good draftsman. So if someone said they need something, blah, 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 I'll be able to execute and tell the story in some way, whether it's a watercolor painting or, you know, a pen and ink on vellum and, you know, however, um, I can, I can do that. Uh, it just happens to be that the stuff that I sort of promote for myself and I probably cause I enjoy it more and I can, you know, it's, um, I can get more out of it, whether it's like posters or skateboard graphics or um, is the stuff that you would see on my website, essentially. But I went to school for watercolor. <laughs> Actually, the medium of choice was, was watercolor. It was still illustration, but the medium of choice is watercolor. So it's like, that just kind of goes to show that like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of randomness in there in terms of like the stuff that I've worked with and learned and, you know, I'm willing to, you know, tomorrow I could come into the brewery or well, granted Saturday, but you know, and they might be like, we need something on cardboard for an event and, you know, we'll work with what we have and hope for the best. And, um, so it's kind of just like a day by day thing. And, and it's not until you look back at everything that you start to see maybe sort of, sort of consistency in timeline. Like if you were to roll through my Instagram, you might see, you know, more public art stuff and then it develops into like uh, more illustration and then more black and white and then you start to see color and it's kind of you know this like evolving timeline and it'll be interesting to see what i'll be doing in the future and you know i you know i wouldn't be surprised if i ended up getting into interior design you know something random you know that yeah. would be totally different but still creative in some way where you're working with your hands yeah, and I like, so it's hard, yeah, it's hard yeah. to say. Oh, good, because so you confirmed it's, it's an <laughs> awful question. So that's good. I think yeah, we're, yeah we're on point. No, I think the, the the fun fact takeaway is the is the watercolor because just gonna give them the you know the dark nature and the the black and white um, you know aspect of a lot of the the solemn work. It, I would never get you know if you would have said okay, which of these you know mediums is you know did you know did jordan study and i would not have i would not have guessed that right. i mean i do i do love beautiful watercolors you know um one of our artists <laughs> you know sure. no yeah one of our artists daniel endicott he's from forest maine in pennsylvania he does some mm-hmm. you know great watercolor work i have a few of his prints and so I, yeah i definitely love it you know i love your black and white stuff it's funny um i've said before i'm colorblind so black and white to me is <laughs> always the the ones that i know that i'm seeing the same as everybody else and so i kind of like that it's always doesn't have to be you know i'm not i don't have to question what you know the colors i, I see and i i still i still am under I mean, the under the ruse that i see better colors than everybody else and just kind of you know i'm a i see you know and so you're all just kind of conforming to the same rods and cones but that, that doesn't seem to be taken I mean, off black and white is, yeah. black and white is a beautiful aesthetic and it's something that i definitely like to work with i think it's just like the transition of you know wanting to see what I can do next or something like I'll always still have black and white work in some way um I re I've always liked sort of the like you know trying to balance the the difference between the white and the black and having like a composition that works but then tossing like a focal point of color and something you know like that'll be something that I've oh I'll always be attracted to it's just 
just for my sanity, I think I, as time goes on, I like to just like, you know, take what I've been doing and try to reinterpret it in some sort of new way. Oh yeah. I think that, I think that you should do a line of cans for songs, just like all like bright, vivid, like pastel watercolors. I think that people's heads would fucking explode. <laughs> yeah. And I, I wouldn't put it past us, honestly. Yeah. I mean, that, that could happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a very good possibility. John, Eric and Aaron make that happen. So just give us, just give, yeah. just give us like a little, <laughs> yeah, a little, yeah, just give us a little nod and we'll, uh, we'll appreciate it. But right. I think, yeah, I think that, uh, not taking yourself too seriously and pushing the envelope, you know, I think that, you know, it, it is cool. So. Give me today my daily bread. And we are back. It is a good one, folks. We're about 40 minutes in already, and we've probably got about another hour to go. So do not go anywhere. Get yourself a cold one. Maybe you're cracking a solemn oath. If you're listening and you're drinking a solemn oath or you're drinking whatever you're drinking, we would love to hear from you. Get that shit up on social. Pound sign, hashtag, tic-tac-toe, 1-6-O-Z-Canvas. The O-Z stands for ounces, by the way. So just in case you were wondering, a little, little inside tip there. But yeah, we would love that. That would be great. And since we're already in, our, in the begging stage of the show, if you're digging what you're listening to, and wait till the show's over, obviously, but head on over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast on, just click on some stars, maybe write a quick little review, leave some feedback, or get in touch with me, AJ, that's me, at 160zcanvas.com. We'd love to hear from you. We are building a community, and whether you realize it or not, you are part of that. And we're going to see how we can change the model up, change this thing up, and you know, take it to a new level. So 2018 has already been a great year, and it's because of folks like yourself taking the time. We are a you know niche podcast. We're looking at ways to expand that, but we will continue to be true to what we are creating here our little piece of art and we're having a great time doing it, but it is engaging. It is interactive and we would love to hear from you. So love, love rabbit about, you know, dad life with Jordan. You know, it's important to me, obviously if you listen before family and friends and community and what we're trying to do here is important. So it's a little different. You know, we don't talk about, you know, hops or beer, in that regard, yeast, you know, kettle sours, all that type of stuff. We do enjoy that. If you got some kick-ass artwork or you just want to send us some beer, you know, our address is on the website. and We'd love to, to hear from you or, or drink your beer during the show, and, you know, we'll definitely talk about it. But it's just really nice to meet somebody, you know, look at it. And I think art and creativity is all about perspective and insight and the way you look at things or the emotions that it brings to life. And one of those great things for me, and I think that, you know, as Jordan begins to experience it, you know, with, you know, little man is, um, you know, it's going to change that perspective on things for him too. And it's for the better. You know, we're not going to tell the same old, our same old Grand Central story, but you know, the first time they got on an airplane and, you know, the first time they scraped their knee and all these beautiful things that happen, you know, life isn't, you know, always cupcakes and smiles. And, you know, I think that just, and this is just my philosophy, I think that 
things that happen that aren't always positive help you to, you know, grow and become better or see things differently. And so I think that, you know, our children help us to do that. So that's our moment of Zen for today. But you're listening to the 16 ounce canvas, the art of craft beer podcast. And you may not have heard this, but this is episode numero de cincuenta, episode number 50. Holy shit. But before we get too crass, because let's pretend this is a family program, we just want to thank everybody for your continued support. We look forward to your feedback, and we look forward to what the next adventure holds. This is truly a, you know, what started in as a craft beer project has turned itself into a people project. And as we, you know, wrap up the show, we'll share with you some, you know, great news and great stories and you know some great people that we got to meet over the last you know a few weeks and that that'll continue to to grow i know that when i get to chicago you know we'll be meeting with jordan and hopefully you know dan and a few other folks there's just some really wonderful people that i've had the opportunity you know to meet and now more than ever in these interesting times for our country and kind of the world it's now more than ever i think it's more important you know, to, to meet people, to get out there, have discussions, maybe have disagreements, you know, but engage. Don't be complacent. The beauty of this podcast and podcast in general is that you can take us wherever you're going. So hopefully we're on a really cool road trip. Maybe we're on some cool island. Maybe you're drinking some, you know, some crazy drinks, some boat drinks, or you're on a boat. Or you're going swimming, whatever. Maybe you're just, you know, rocking the sweatpants on the couch. Wherever it is, wherever you're with us, you know, the commute to work, we're, we're glad to be there with you. So we, we thank you for taking the time. But the reason that you are here is you want to hear about Mr. Jordan Gullet and not me ramble on. You know, I'm going to a little Led Zeppelin solo. You know, but anyway. So here it is, part two. Dwa, dos. The one and only Mr. Jordan Gullet, Solemn Oath, J-O-U-R-D-O-N.com. Jordan, coming at you. Here it is. It's coming. Now, um, well, with that said, kind of, how did you, you know, how did you come to work with them? How did you, you know, how did you team up with them? So, okay, um, this kind of hones back to college, um, when I was work, I worked freelance and part-time teaching for a long time, and I really enjoyed that. And then I started to like, you know, get a little bit older, and you know, maybe like health insurance would be cool or something. You know, um, I uh, applied for a job, I didn't get it. They said I was overqualified, and I was like, man, I could just, you know, I could really use the money. <laughs> and this was, man, this is probably back in, this is probably like 2008 or 2009. And, uh, that woman that I applied the job, I applied, blah, 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 blah. I applied, oh my gosh, let me start over. That woman that I applied for, uh, actually passed on my information to the brother who is now, well, he was one of the owners of the brewery, but now his older brother runs it solely or younger brother. Sorry. Wait, let me, oh, I got to start over. <laughs> I'm like getting myself tongue twisted. Okay. So I applied for a job. I would, there was, I was told I was overqualified. The woman that I was in contact with shared my information with 
the brewery owner's brother and he was reaching out to me. And when I got the email, his name, John Barley, he's the owner of Salmoth. Uh, I was like, man, John Barley, there's no information online. I thought it was spam, honestly. Like I didn't even like give it two seconds. I just was like, I don't know what this is. I don't know what it is. It doesn't seem, I just like dismissed it. Honestly, I didn't even take it into consideration. And then a few weeks later, he got my phone number and he left a voicemail. He's like, Hey man, John Barley. And I was like, Oh shit, this is a real person. A real I, dude. You know, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I called him back. We met up and we talked and um, I was doing a bunch of skateboard graphics for some local companies out here in Chicago. And he really liked that. He was a dude that used to skate when he was younger and he wanted to kind of have a little bit of that approach uh, to the beer labels. And to me, I think that's genius because like beer and skateboarding, they're kind of like separate from the art world, but they overlap, but it's like, there's so much creative freedom in the two that like you literally can do anything because people still enjoy the product because you can either, you can ride the skateboard or you can drink the beer. So it's like, it could be as ugly as ever, or it could be like the most amazing design and people will still have the same interaction with it. So I think that allows for the creative freedom. So with like doing skateboard graphics that overlap with doing beer labels, I didn't really change my approach. I just sort of approached it exactly the same. I just figured what's the weirdest thing we could do and sort of beat off that skateboard um, energy and, you know, develop a branding around that. So we met and then I did a few drawings for him and I thought it was just going to be a one-time thing. And then I didn't hear back any, you know, for a few months and I kind of thought like, that's that, that's all they needed. And then he hit me up again and asked for a few more. And honestly, I thought like I was going to do some branding for like, you know, four or five core beers and then they were going to have what they need. And then they go and do what they do with it. Like most companies, when you do illustrations for them or any design work. Um, and then they came back again a few months later and he was like, what if we just paid you monthly and you did one or two drawings or maybe not depending on what we need and you'll just consistently get paid and you'll work for us as like, you know, like freelance working from home, but it's just like consistent income or whatever. And so I did that. I worked part-time for him for a while. And then uh, he offered a full-time gig. I turned it down. Um, and then they counter-offered a year later. And then that's when things really started to take off. And really, I started to crank out, I don't know how many drawings for them. I mean, at this point, there's probably over, I don't know, several hundred for sure, easily. I mean, and this is, I mean, that initial meetup, happened in 2011 so it's seven years ago um it, and time has just kind of flown by so yeah that whole scenario where i when he was reaching out to me i i just thought it, like who is john barley and there's no website there's no information i just totally glossed over it and it's crazy to think that that one scenario turned into like a whole wild you know trip on this tangent in my life to develop a bunch of work and really honing my skills and, you know, focus and be able to raise a family, you know, work more consistently. And, um, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It brought you to me. I mean, just think about that. Look, look where you are. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, exactly. Do you ever think that happened like five years ago? Right. No, 
But right, then yeah. The, yeah, then the vice president is Hobbs, which you say fast sounds like hops. So I mean, you're probably thinking like, what the hell is going on? Hops and barley, right? You know, right, running the show over there. Right, yeah. right, exactly. Like these like <laughs> coincidences are nuts. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, that's great. Now, what is your normal? I guess for the labels, what is your kind of uh, like process? You know, are you you hand drawing them or are you uh, going right into Illustrator? Do you, are you scan it in? Kind of like what's the what's the the process for that? So, yeah, essentially. Um, like today we had a meeting we'll talk about stuff that we're going to do for like the next few months or whatever and then usually i'll get a list of beer names the brewers and stuff handle all that and that'll kind of have a breakdown and sometimes we'll have like a little backstory or something that they'd like to see with it but it's still pretty open-ended from there i'll take it i'll take notes i'll work on sketches but i do everything by hand i um i draw everything out i draw it on vellum and then i scan it and then i manipulate everything digitally like that's when we start to come into like print files and you know setting up colors and getting everything but otherwise yeah it's like uh, most of the drawings are probably about 10 inches wide by 15 inches tall on like vellum um, and then i'll scan it in this oversized scanner that we have and turn it into vector art and kind of go from there uh, granted you know that two minute breakdown of everything if that is like you know, some labels can take from start to finish two weeks to do, you know, from concept to finished print file, you know, editing metallics or whatever. Now, do you have certain, uh, um, do you have certain um, pens or kind of you know, things you're using? I'd love to tell you that we're going to mention them and they're going to get you some sponsorships, but um, it's a, <laughs> okay. I can't promise you that, but you know, we'll, we'll do our part For to sure. at least, you know. Tag, tag them up, let them know, uh, that, you know that you're using them. But do you have certain kind of like uh, I, tools? I do. I mean, I really, I'm really simple. I have a computer, uh, my Apple computer. I have vellum paper. I use a light table. And then uh, most of it is done with pencil. And then the final drawing is done with pen or pens, I should say. And they're just the rapidiograph pens. They're refillable, like really um, rad pens that you can get a lot of detail with and they have different variations and like, you know, the size of the tip. And that's, that's, I mean, it really, it, on that end, it's like, it's that simple. It's just like those three or four things and I can do a lot really. You're using, you're using the classic yellow number two pencils. Uh, uh, I use a little <laughs> bit more involved pencil for sure. The pencil that I use is like uh they're like draftsman pencils. So okay. they're like, okay. they're almost me they're mechanical, but they're not like the ones where you go like click, click, click. It's like, it has like actual like number two pencil lead that you insert with it. And okay. then uh, I'm not sure how else to describe them. I, I don't have a name for them, but I've been told that a lot of architects use them for architectural drawings. Okay. So they're like metal. They're a little bit heavier in weight. Um, and yeah, they just have like refillable lead. Now you can find them at art stores. Okay. Yeah. No, I just think it's, uh, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's cool. But um, so you said you have a meeting today. So how many, in that meeting, you know, how many labels or new beers are you working, you know, do you come out from that meeting with? And what's kind of like the, I always like to think about like from like a project management standpoint, like how much time for sure from when, you know, from the, so, today to when those, you know, cans are going to kind of come out or bottles. You know, you so, bottle. yeah. yeah. So we usually try to meet at least once a week and sit down together in some way. It doesn't always happen. Sometimes things are over email or whatever, depending on people's schedules or the owner or, you know, however 
events, this and that, like a lot of, you, you'd be surprised how much stuff pops up with the brewery. Um, but, uh, so yeah, like today, you know, we met, we talked about some ideas. I'm actually gonna be out of town, um, the following week. So it kind of put, I have a little bit more than I normally would for the week, but like, um, right now I'm looking at four labels <laughs> by a week from today, which is kind of ambitious actually, yeah. but yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I usually I would try to argue to have one a week if I really want to, you know, develop it or whatever. But since I'm going to be out of town, um, you know, I'm just going to have to do what I have to do, but yeah, we got granted one of them's like a reissue that I'll update. And then two of them are like sort of the same. So it's sort of like one, I guess, but it's still like three labels that I have to do. And, and in the end, four print files, which, um, the reality of that is actually setting in right now. <laughs> oh. And that doesn't even include like a poster for an event that I have to put together. Um, some signage for the bar. Like, I gotta go. Um, gotta go, man. Then, See you later. And, you're right. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you guys are all good, but you know, I'm just like looking at, because I, I literally go page by page in this small, like sort of like a uh, moleskin sketchbook. And, um, I'm looking at my like checklist right now and it's like, you know, future stuff. There's three events coming up. There's, um, some tap room stuff. Uh, uh, we're talking about putting an art show together where it will be with other brewery artists and friends and whatever and we're going to do like this uh white van event in may and that was just concepted today so that's like another thing that we got to kind of um, uh yeah it's awesome about you know work show. through yeah we're yeah. uh and that's a little yeah we're looking the first to do, time we're yeah. doing something like that yeah and maybe yeah maybe we can figure a way to collaborate or just kind of share pain points because yeah we're we're going to rent a again the collective we here royal we're going to rent a, a gallery in, in Connecticut and we're going to try to get some of the previous guests and kind of flip the traditional beer event model, right? Where everyone just kind of come in and how many four eight ounce tasters can they get and kind of get fucked up. But, right. You know, try to be a little, <laughs> little more you know, sophisticated and, you know, kind of do it that way. Yeah. So, these are, yeah. I mean, yeah, so be it. And I think it's, you know, if there's a way to, bring people together that way and really showcase the work. Cause I mean, most of the time you see it sort of like on a 3d shape that's wrapped. So it's like, you don't get to like ever look at the art flat or all at once. It's sort of like more interactive. So anytime that there's something that is outside of the beer, I'm pretty sure all artists would be pretty excited about that. Yeah. We're excited. Yeah. We, 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 Sounds uh, rad. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm glad. We're, I'm, and just, you know, Artists like yourself thinking of similar ideas makes kind of you know reaffirm that's a good idea. Uh, some of the the went up to Oxbow in Portland, Maine a couple weeks ago. They had you know they have in their uh, one of their tap rooms uh, kind of where they do their blending. They have some you know their art director has space that's that they uses for like a gallery. And there's about five or six shows a year they do. And the last one they did, they had uh, you know several artists you know. Uh, Carl from Ali Polio, Keith from McKellar, Will Sears, who's from Oxbow, and then Mike Van Hall, who does uh, Aslan and Stillwater, and they had their work up there. And it's like yeah. kind of insulation for a couple of weeks. So I don't know. It's uh, it's cool. So let, let me know about that. Definitely, like I said, I'm in Chicago a few times, and if I can tie it around that, that'd be sick. Yeah, we're looking right now. It'll be about mid-May. As of right now, I mean, it could change, but I'm pretty sure it's locked in May 12th. Um, white van it'll be a whole 3d thing that um 
obviously still in concept, but we're working through. But man, I think it'll be super cool. Uh, oh, cool. Well, good. Yeah, let's see what yeah, exactly. Open. I think it's just nice to kind of, <clears throat> like I said, you know, um, when I get out there, we'll definitely, you know, no offense to, you know, to, uh, to Barley and Hobbs, but, you know, we haven't had the beers, but, you know, it's <laughs> definitely, you know, uh, look, it gives me another reason to, to come out there, but I just think it's, yeah, I think it's great to try to push the barriers because I, because I do to give them a, you know, tip of the cap. I think it's important to realize that, you know, our owners and, you know, folks involved with the business to make a commitment to a, have somebody like yourself as a, you know, a full-time employee just really shows how they value not only what's inside, you know, the can or bottle, but just kind of the whole vibe or feeling or, you know, what, what their kind of larger brand is. And I think it's, uh, it's, uh, it's kind of a new, you know, a new dawn for that in this, this industry. And I think that, uh, you know, they don't get a lot of the, those folks don't get as much credit f- for that decision because it's not cheap, right? I mean, it's a especially when you try right. you try to get different, you know. Okay, at first for you know we, we only have six or seven colors we can use, use, and then if you step up, you you know and try to get more expensive labels, that's not cheap. Or you know, splashing a metallic in there, you know, it's like all these little things, and it's like still got to keep the cost down so you're not charging you know eight nine bucks a can, you know. So it's it's uh it's right. it's fun. It's you know. It's, it's uh, gotta be stressful, but you know, tip of the the cap to the the operations and uh, business folks too. So that's exciting. So you have to stress you out more. So you have to do four labels. You know, what is the the process? So you'll you'll draw your sketches and then you send them, or you kind of at this point have kind of a little more carte blanche to you know really kind of just run with it. Uh, yeah, at this point, it's kind of like here you go, and you know I'll. I can get it to a point where it's digital. Um, you can do a lot of mocks and kind of edit things and move things around. And um, if things need to change or if we need to add something, it's really not, you know, the end of the world. It just depends on how much time we have. So like in this case, like the four, they'll probably just let me do whatever I can get done by next week. Um, and yeah, so I'll start with sketches and then develop from there. And um, maybe these ones won't be, you know, full like what i call like full illustrations where it's almost like i'm doing poster art you know where it's like a full scenario these ones might be you know a little less detailed in approach but um still have sort of the, the same impact in terms of being like a solid mode yeah know, can now um yeah now but, uh, are there yeah. core are there core beers is that like is there kind of flagships that are always and then there's just one like what's the what's the the vision there with with the cans you, you said one's kind of a reissue how many how many flagships so, are, are kind of always out there and then you know going from there we have like four mainstays that are like you know ball printed cans where you kind of have to like bulk order you know and then you have them year round so they we have uh, you know like an IPA and a Kolsch and a pale ale and um out oh, two IPAs i guess well one's a hazy IPA but uh and yeah those are like our sort of four that you know we designed around to, you know, sort of be in circulation and be at like major supermarkets and whatever. And they're a little bit more, um, commercial, I would say in terms of, um, approach where it's, um, they're like simpler in design. Um, they sort of have like the, you know, the face value where it's like, it says that, you know, the, the type of beer in larger text, so you can kind of see it on a shelf. Um, and the ones that, uh, you know, like the ones that from this meeting, the four that I have to work on, um, these are like special, like limited release sort of, 
Um, some are in bombers, some are 16-ounce cans, and um, some we only sell out of the brewery, and some will do, like, a small run that a few accounts will get or whatever. So we do, like, uh, you know, uh, one of them, like I have Art for already, came out, man, maybe it was three, four years ago, and I'll probably do, like, a re-up version of it just to, you know, keep it interesting. And, um, and it was the first bomber that we ever came out with. Uh, it's called Combat Marshmallow. So, yeah, they're kind of, like, harking back to, like, this is the first bottled beer that we released, and they're going to have a whole event around it, and then they're going to make variations of it. And so, really, I mean, that's why – go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you heard it here, folks. A little exclusive for you. It was, yeah, just... <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, and, you know, I think these come out sometime – I don't know the dates off the top of my head – in March – March, mid-March, maybe late March. Uh, not 100% sure. Usually when I get a list like this, it's like two months away that some of this limited stuff is going to come out. But yeah. Yeah. Um, right. uh, yeah. yeah. Now, now <laughs> uh, just as a spinoff of that, I mean, you're back here with, with murals. I mean, I think by now it's probably mm-hmm. old hat, but how, was that a difficult transition for you to have this massive size you know, space to work with and then have to now designed for these, you know, for lack of a, you know, less obvious pun, but smaller canvases, you know, was that, was that difficult for you? I think there was a transition. Like I, I honestly didn't think there was in the, in that time, but now when I look back, I can see that I've like maybe overdeveloped some things because, you know, when you look at it from a distance, things kind of get muddy or colors are too dark or, you know, things get sent to a printer. So it's not like you're mixing the colors and you can adjust things. So you got to kind of have this foresight to know that, you know, with editing with metallics and um, there's some variation in there. It's not going to look exactly like it does on the screen. But when you work large, you know, you can sort of work really detailed and you can adjust the colors and you can see the process through from the beginning to end. So it's like, um, I think, with the, you know, in relation to the beer labels, I had to sort of take a step back and um, not put that much energy into them the same way that I'd put a mural. It's, you know, you want them to be a little bit simpler and a little bit more, um, um, I guess it's hard. Um, I would say yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're a great um, guest. You're, basically, I, just, yeah. I felt like I was overdeveloping the cans, and then realized that we had more success with them if I kind of like um, simplified them a little bit. And the things that translated really well were 16 ounce cans, where I could, you know, put a little more detail into them, and because you have a little bit more space. So it's like in relation to the mural, um, there's still some overlap though it's hard it's like uh because they're still kind of working with a shape that's more rectangular and um yeah especially and people interact with it and and if you're looking at a mural from a distance it still has to be able to read and so if you're looking at a can from a distance it still has to read um i think the only thing that changed for me was that i would approach the cans a little bit simpler than i would a mural and i guess that would totally make sense but it took me a while to learn that yeah now, <laughs> taking a while to learn that. So you're saying you're going to redo the first bomber. 
or kind of update it. Right. Is now how is that like right. kind of looking at your you know previous self and seeing you know what you thought was you know what what new approaches or what you know how are you going to attack that because I think that's kind of a cool idea is you know you're the you know the company's going back to a you know an original but you know that's one of your first bomber pieces and so to look at it and say okay wow like that's where I was this is where I'm at now this is what I know like right yeah and uh yeah so going back yeah to you know you kind of apply what you know now versus what you know then and you know sometimes you appreciate like there's ignorance and bliss you know so it's like oh I made those decisions because I didn't know what I was doing at that time and sometimes things work out and sometimes they don't and I guess at this point, it's like I just sort of know what doesn't work out, and I pretty much just don't do that anymore. Um, so with this label, um, they were also a little bit simpler, and they were more on the end of like sort of having like a face to it. Um, and I think the way people are approaching label design now is that things don't typically have to have just like that face you can sort of, especially if it's like a one-off, you can experiment and you can get a little more abstract and sort of treat the label like it's a piece of art rather than, you know, sort of the stuff that we all grew up with where it's like big letters in the front and then that's it. And you just hope that that's, um, that it, people buy it because it's the type of brand that you're attracted to or whatever. So for me, like, I really like these one-offs because there's even more creative freedom in them. There's less weight on whether or not it will sell, it will sell because people are psyched on specialty beer. So you can kind of get away with like, you know, going a little nuts on beer labels. Yeah. I think it's, I think that so for me, but what I've learned is to be a little more, um, you know, be a little more free and a little more, put a little more expression into the labels than have it be so commercial, I guess. Yeah. On that end. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause I, and I think that you were saying before, it's when you want to, you're competing for that, the eye, you know, the visual on the shelf, you know, it's different. You know, you see it a lot. And I think it's hard for folks to not go with the, you know, super large logo or font sizes. And so, I, you know, once you get to that kind of comfort level that, okay, especially for you to realize that your art is more of that, you know, 68 point, you know, solemn oath name on the can versus it actually mm-hmm. having to say it as much, you know, it's, it's kind of a, that's really the, I think that's really, it, it's a hard, because it goes against kind of modern branding in a way because you're competing, you're literally competing for shelf space. And so how are right. folks going to, how are folks going to know it's us? But, you know, right. Jordan, Jordan's work is, yep. is that, is that, Hey, this is solemn. Like you're good, man. You know, you, so it's kind of in a way that where folks want to have their name be the huge centerpiece, you're using the whole can as the, the solemn oath kind of vibe. So I think right. it's, I think it's really cool. Um, and just, so just thinking, you've been doing this for several years now with them. This is kind of a super nerdy question, but how do you keep all your files organized? Like, how do you have, like, do you have your vector art from this original project that you're just able to, you know, pull up? I mean, are you, are you that organized? You're able to find it or you're going to kind of, you know, kind of recreate it from scratch. Like that, that's just kind of, it's a nerdy question about, you know, file storage, but I'm just kind of curious. So yeah, I have all my original drawings. They're in a flat file at home. And then uh, for the vector art end of things, like after I scan them and manipulate them, um, I have the scanned original. And then I also have the original vector art by itself. And then I will 
um, you know, as time goes on, when I look back, it's like everything is broken down by the year that I made it. And then, you know, let's say like, uh, like teaching or whatever, or like any freelance stuff, it's sort of like, okay, in 2016, I worked with Doc Martens and everything that I did for them is under that folder and then broken down into folders. And then Salomo, which those folders are nuts, but you know, those are broken down by the years. And then from there, it'll say, you know, like, let's say this combat marshmallow, like I'll have that beer from probably 2014 or 2015. Um, I'll have to look through the years, but I'll be able to find it or search it and I'll have all that stuff organized and saved. So I have, I probably oversave things too much, but I, you know, I carry a hard drive with me and I have pretty much my whole life on it. If I lost that hard drive, Oh, that would be a, that'd be a hard hit. <laughs> now, yeah. Do you, but, do you have yeah. data, do you use multiple hard drives? Like for not to get nerdy again, I used to work in IT, like for data redundancy, like, you know, or do you just to stress you out again? Do you have, I, do you only have one? Every year or two, I'll buy a new one okay. and then okay. I'll sort of put the old one, you know, with my flat file. So it's like, yeah. you know, at worst case, it's like I wouldn't lose everything, but I would lose some stuff. A lot of stuff is emailed too. So it's like, I would be able to like salvage yeah. a lot for sure. Well, but like, yeah. it would still be tough. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, I have my early hard drives and it's like, wow, I bought a 50 gig hard drive and then it's like, Right, and that was so expensive. Yeah, and so like, now you can like literally, it's like the like that little Russian doll, right? Like you can take your first one and just drop right. it into your. And it's like, does, yeah, I have a one here at my desk. I think it was like seventy five bucks for like two or three terabytes, and it's like you know, and it was like I, I thought I lost it on a trip, and I was kind of stressing because I had all my recording you know files on it, and but right. I went out, I went out like when I was younger, like that would have been a big deal to you know, get another one. I was like, all right, went on Amazon, like another one came the next day and I found them. So now I have two, but I spent under 200 bucks and I have like six or seven terabytes of space. It's like, it's crazy. Right. Yeah. The, my original one is like, I mean, it's like a block and it had a power cable and like, yeah. you know, you had to turn it on and you know, now it's like this thing that I carry can fit in my pocket and, um, and it has, I think this one's like three terabytes or something. And, I'll never be able to fill that. It's it's insane. And I can save everything over and over again. Unless I started like video stuff or something that could, you know, change some stuff. But in terms of like saving vector art, those files are so small that it's like the original scans are more, but still nothing compared to the amount of space you have. Yeah. Life is good. It's uh, exactly. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Cause I'm like, but like you're so like you have you just know where is it like Rain Man like you just know it's on the in this file or do you have a is it you search for it because of your naming conventions and it shows up like I use a specific it's naming a convention little, that helps me but it's a little bit of combination of both like um, some doing stuff long enough that I can kind of find things but sometimes I can't find things and then I have no idea where they are and I have to search my computer and it still doesn't show up. So I go into my email and then, and then that's when I start to have a panic attack. Like I know I have it. I just don't know where. And especially if I go in and like, uh, like clean up my computer and, you know, reorganize my files in some way, that's when I start to sort of forget where I place things. Even though I thought it was more organized, it sometimes is counterproductive. Yeah. I'm a digital hoarder. But I have everything. Yeah. I pretty much have everything pretty organized. I mean, it's broken down by like originals to final print file to, you know, um, within that classification for whatever the project is. Okay. Yeah. And then by the year. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm really enjoying talking to you, but I have a few more questions, and the new ones That's keep pop, popping up. But um, as somebody who's kind of is doing it, you know, you put your chips in. You know, you're making your career as an artist. Do you have any advice for kind of uh, you know maybe your your former self or you know someone just kind of getting their feet wet? It doesn't have to be you know a label person, but just kind of someone who maybe you know wants to make that you know career choice and maybe didn't have the you know the the support growing up that you you might have had to that you're you know that you can take that chance. Like what what would you say to kind of a, a youngster? I mean, it makes you sound old, but someone you know maybe right out of college who's trying to you know, get into the hustle. Yeah, I've done a few college talks about this, and that's a question that definitely comes up a lot. And it's hard because there is no um, formula for this. It's just sort of you hope for the best. But if I were to um, give any advice about how to sort of turn any sort of talent into a career is for me, I just said yes to everything for a long time. And then I just figured it out and did the best that I could. And, you know, doing one project tends to lead to another project. Sometimes it doesn't, but more often than not, it does. And, and if you can kind of stay on top of that and at least like, you know, better late than never get something to somebody, it'll turn into something else. And, um, Granted, if you make good work, even if you make don't make good work, <laughs> you know, there's still an outlet. Like, you just got to kind of find your niche. And I feel lucky that, you know, for me, skateboarding and beer are two things that I was very interested growing up in. Now it's sort of like I fell into this thing where it just kind of worked out. And, um, you know, doing public art and working with galleries. And I don't know, I pretty much just kind of bounced around and, you know, teaching and you kind of just immerse yourself in whatever scene that you're excited about. I, I, I would be more surprised that if something didn't work out than did. Um, and, you know, you got to be motivated and you got to be willing to work hard and spend a lot of time on it. And there's sacrifices that come with that, whether it's social life or, you know, family time, you know, but um, in the end, it honestly it took me like 10 years to get to a comfortable place. But um, I would still say that even, you know, when I wasn't really making any money or had like a solid career or whatever, um, I still had some of the best times. It's like, I enjoyed being around friends and like being around people that were excited to make art. And even if nothing came from it, it's like, I, I would still be doing it, you know? So it's like, it's kind of one of those things. Like if you're really into it, they'll just do it. And I would still be doing it even if I, you know, was dirt poor or, you know, however. So it's like, it's kind of a hard question for me because I, I enjoy it more than I enjoy it for other reasons. No, I think, yeah. I th yeah. I, I think that when you, yeah, if, I think when the start off point or the foundation of something is for quote unquote wrong reasons or, Oh, I'm going to get rich off of this or this is going to make me famous or right. this. I think that it doesn't really allow the, the fulfillment that, it, that it, that it can, if you're doing it for like just genuine, honest love of it. And I think that's, you know, right. Um, yeah. And yeah. I think you really have to, and if you're not, it's like, I feel like people can see through it. They can see, you know, see through your motives or whatever. And it's like, um, the people who are really doing it are the people that really love it, you know, and like, and the 
that quality tends to show through. So it's like, cause they're motivated and they have the energy to do it. And that's like half the battle. Yeah. Uh, I think in most things in life, if you're passionate about it, I know, you know, when I was younger, I, I, I did college radio for a while. And from there, uh, you know, I met like, just like this, I met some great artists, uh, musicians, and one of them was, you know, a band from New Jersey. I've talked about before. They were called Scarecrow Collection. And they were mm-hmm. just saying, hey, we're trying to play, you know, in Connecticut. You know, do you, can you make any recommendations? And at first I was like, yeah, yeah, just, you know, I would say call here, here, and here. And then I was like, well, I know John and I know, you know, Joe over here. Tell him I sent you. Then, okay, then this person. And so I, I, I never knew how to manage a band before, but I just, you know, I loved it. I loved their music. You know, and you're saying, like, being poor, like, being a band is like that's <laughs> yeah. like that's neck and neck with and being then being the manager of a poor band is like even worse than that like and and, right. and but I those are some of the greatest moments of my life you know I we booked you know, I saw them I don't know we'll just round up three hundred times you know booked them in twenty states you know got an indie late mm-hmm. like that and that was a that made that's those life lessons I learned there about friendship and hard work and whatever are things I would never change right. you know for the world and. I think that's important. It wasn't, I, I didn't think we would get rich. Like I, I, I was just excited if we had enough to get us to the next city, you know, and I had a, I, I had like a quote unquote real job that we kind of used to kind of, you know, offset some of the cost, AKA use the hell out of our corporate uh, photocopy machine for flyers and, you know, stuff like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. it was yeah, like, exactly. you kind of, everyone was in it, you know, it was definitely a, a MacGyver situation and that's why I'm, you know, back doing this cause I, I love it. Um, you know, and so, I think that's great to hear. I think that, you know, hard work, if it's pure and genuine, you know, I think will grow. And I think that whatever success is, that's, I think that's an individual thing because I, you know, some folks are miserable and they're, you know, you look at them and say, well, they're rich. And so they must be. And so I think once you cut that out of the equation, you know, and just have those, have the love, you know, you wake up and you're, you know, I have a, I have a corporate gig and I really, I love it. You know, it's great. And so I get up every day and, you know, sometimes later, it but, makes it easier. yeah, it makes it easier. Cause they're, you know, they're supportive of my family. They're supportive that, you know, I, I want to be a good father. And so, you know, they know I'll work, you know, work my fingers to the bone, but you know, I want to take my kids to school every day, you know? So stuff like that, like it's, it's, it's really important. So. And so with that yeah. said, with that said, you know, one of your, your greatest, you know, accomplishments to date is, you know, Van, your son. But I've noticed that on the website, you know, you have Vanning and then you have your Instagram, the damn van. And then you were talking before about, <laughs> you know, the white van kind of, you know, uh-huh. what, what's the, you know, what's the story with the, with the vans, man? What's the, I mean, we, we bought the whole a van. van thing, man. Yeah. I mean, th- yeah. Go ahead. yeah, no, cause we, I remember, uh, w- you know, with the band, we bought a van. That was one of the worst. I mean, it was important, but it was one of the worst purchases I ever made uh, financially. But <laughs> and it, it did not look like that. You know, I mean, I, I could say in my previous life, I owned a 15-passenger, uh, you know, Dodge Dodge uh, van. It was awesome, but when the van broke up, I still owned the fucking 15-passenger van with uh, some payments on it. So vans I have a love-hate relationship with. They did not look as cool as your vans, but what's the story? Are you, are you paying these? Are you just a fan? Are you – is that like a – is that something you're a part of? What's the story with the the damn van on Instagram, folks? The I, damn van. Yeah, I feel, I feel like the the whole van and thing is like this wild, you know, tangent in my life that I would have never ever seen coming. I uh, <clears throat> when I met my wife Chantal, she uh, was working on a documentary with these guys, uh, Little Cabin Films. They were 
they put together a document, like basically a documentary called Bannon. And she was like, Oh, you know, come to our event and blah, blah, blah. And I, I mean, I've seen these bands around, but like, you don't see them very often, especially like the old seventies with like shag carpet and stuff. And there's this whole like bizarre niche of dudes that like, who have vans that only go to van only events. And like, basically it's just like, it's like motorcycle culture, but with seventies vans. And it's just all these old dudes that like to get together and drink beer in their vans. And it's like, you go camping, but instead of there being tents, it's a bunch of wild rad vans all over the place. And, you know, a party ensues based on sort of what you'd expect with that whole thing. But, um, man, I had a blast and I was totally sold on it. It was like a pretty good time. And, um, you know, at the same time, a buddy of ours moved to Seattle and he had this like rad seventies van and he basically just like gifted it to us. And he's like, you know, just pay me what you guys can down the road. And, um, and in that Instagram, the damn van, uh, it's in, it's in the few photos, but, uh, I'm sure you'd be able to find it. It's, it's a it's kind of like the, amazing brown yeah. van with this wild paint job and has the like brown yeah, shag carpet and the, and like yeah. the brown one with like the orange and kind of yellow like shapes on it like is that the one right yep yeah. yep that's it. that's it exactly and uh and you know these guys that worked in the documentary that are my wife's friends they like were already engulfed in this whole thing and we got invited out to go to some of these events and then Next thing you turned into like, oh, you can draw. Do you want to do some posters for us? And then T-shirts. And then, you know, it's just, for me, it feels like another thing in my life where it's like, oh, I got into skateboarding. And then I was able to make skateboard graphics. And then, oh, I got into beer. And now I'm able to do beer labels. And now it's like, I have a classic car. And I go to these events. And, you know, it's turning into like another outlet for me as a creative person. And I just sort of, you know, I put myself out there and in some ways and hope that people are receptive to it and they seem more excited to get some rad art for it than, you know, and that makes me feel good. <laughs> so like, uh, this whole van thing is like a, like a trip and, you know, it helps having a partner such as my wife that's also really excited to do some, you know, weird things and go van in and, you know, technically she owns the van, it's hers. So it's like, I'm just sort of like along, along for the ride. For the ride. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, um, you know, the, the white van thing with uh, beer that we're coming out soon, it's a little bit of a coincidence, but then, you know, me being motivated based on that culture, I spent more time on the illustration for it and, you know, uh, developed it that way. And, um, but, um, that white van beer is based on a book called Wolf and White Van. And, uh, one of our brewers developed the concept and, you know, naturally he's like, well, I figured this would be something that you'd be excited to do. And I was like, yeah, sounds rad. And now we're going to develop this whole event around it. And, you know, van culture drinks a lot of beer and, you know, we have beer and, you know, you can kind of overlap these things and bring two worlds together and and i feel like that's just been kind of our motive ever since well i love it man I, and again the, the, like no <laughs> i know it's like such a bizarre thing but no I, yeah i i love it i mean i think you know one of our bucklist items you know is to we may get a little bit bigger i mean we we kind of come from the 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 
hippie music festival, you know, culture. And we, that's kind of, sure. that's kind of how my wife and I met. And we always love the, you know, the, the VWs, you know, and so that we think they're great. And so we definitely, you know, a, a bucket, a bucket list family item is kind of take a significant amount of time off and just kind of, now that the kids are getting a little older to just kind of drive around the country, you know, maybe, you know, stay in state parks and do it up. So I definitely was drawn to that. And I love the, you know, the art aspect of it is really cool. You know, there was definitely a glad to see there's no free candy vans. So that's always a good, you know, <laughs> right. a, a no, good, that's, that's totally the opposite of that yeah, exactly. Sure. Dude. Yeah. So it was just great. And then the fact that I assume that was yours. I mean, not to spoil the folks, the damn van on Instagram, but you know, you can see kind of Jordan and his, uh, as close to, uh, birthday suit without violating uh instagram terms of policy you know in front of the van or you know nearby so there's definitely some uh some candidates of uh jordan in his van so it's definitely uh it's definitely cool to see yeah it's fun it's you know my wife and i share the responsibility and we take care of it and and you know it's like the same thing you said we have a kid and we like camping and get excited to go on road trips and really all this thing is a vessel to give us an excuse to do so and we lock in several dates through the summer and you know, we, we go for it and friends are psyched on this, you know, wild van that we have. So it seems like people have more fun just based on the energy that seems to come along with it. And yeah. so we all just pile in and, you know, See go camping and drink beer and, you know, have fun, whatever. Yeah, no, it's like if I'm, if we ever going to a group outing or doing it like, I know we're going to be a weekend away with friends. Like I'll try to get like the wackiest, you know, shirt I can get or something silly. Like just like, right. it just kind of sets a vibe. It's like, all right, you know, like we're going to have fun, you know, like, you know, we'll all be respectful, but like, you know, I have this ridiculous like cat apocalypse, like, you know, tank top and I just bust it out when people Perfect. don't know I have it. And like, it's hilarious. And so now I've like got to up my right. game and find a new one, you know? And so it's like, right. You, you just come out with being all serious, just sitting around the pool and you're wearing, or I'll wear it to the gym, like on the treadmill. I'm just like, I know every person, I'll get one of the treadmills like right in the front because I'm just like, everyone behind me is going to laugh now. Like this cat with like an apocalyptic, like, you know, mushroom cloud behind him. It's fucking hilarious. And if you don't laugh, then, then maybe you should just, you know, maybe do some introspective and realize that, you know, you're, you're wound up a little too tight, but you know, life's, life's too short, man. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's the lightheartedness of it is just like a breath of fresh air. And, you know, the day to day can be, a lot, whether it's, you know, politics or social media or everything that everyone gets berated with. It's like, you know, just having some quirkiness in your life is actually really awesome. And I would totally recommend that everyone should have that. <laughs> well, you're, you're just getting started. So you're going to, you you and your son and your wife will be one up in each other for, for, for years to come, man. I can guarantee you that. Totally. All right. Well, here's our, our last, probably our easiest question i um you know like i said i used to be a dj and you know um when you, when you listen to the podcast you know we try to tie in you know music with the episode and so what's your when you're creating do you have certain music you're listening to or do you have are you kind of more i know you're working a lot at the brewery so it's never i would say peace and quiet but what's kind of you know what's the what's the scene like that do you, do you need peace and quiet or do you like to rock out what's the story i definitely like noise i definitely like to listen to music when I can for sure um the brewery is, is a little different I'm not here every day but when I'm like let's say working in my space at home or whatever there's always music playing and it's pretty all over the place I mean it's, it's hard you, to even sort of pinpoint it throw, yeah, throw me, yeah throw me some bands throw, what's on the 
if we pulled up your you know your last couple of weeks what, what, are you, what are you listening to um it could be anything from man it's like uh you know like the last thing in my search was uh this woman jamila woods and like or bjork or you know it's like most people are like oh you probably listen to metal and it's like yeah i i like metal i will listen to sleep i enjoy that it sets a good tone but it's like in terms of my personal choice, it's like I really, it's like the same way I work. It's like I like music across the board. I like, you know, it could be anything and everything, happy, sad. I probably listen to a lot more sad music while I'm making art, which sounds so cliche, but like, uh, it's really just, I mean, if I had to name like a favorite in terms of like a, like a thing that I really like, um, like I really, you know, like Iggy Pop and the Stooges, that's like my like, like the type of music that I really like, but in terms of making art, it's like playlists and it's random and it just plays and it sort of sets the tone for like noise in the background. Um, so I really don't have one go-to thing at all. It's just something is better than nothing. I mean, I'm not trying to go like pop country angle, you know, but like um, I'll listen to some old, you know, proper like, um, country music or something, you know, it's, it's like, it just depends. <clears throat> yeah, that's great. Yeah. I think that just, we like to, uh, a it's self-serving for myself. I like to, we, after every season, we make a Spotify playlist of all the artists, what they listen to either creating or just fans of, and then we publish that as like a volume. And then, I mean, I could definitely, you know, email you like, you know, a list of 10 things for sure. It's just yeah. off the top of my head. It's like, it yeah, yeah, into a brain part, no, you know? no, it's no, <laughs> I mean, yeah, regardless mm-hmm. if you're going to email out any, anytime, anyone, actually, if anyone is listening to this and they have bands, you're in a band, you want me to check it out, send it over AJ at 16 ounce canvas.com would love it. I mean, that's one of the, the best parts about doing this and doing radio was, you know, just getting introduced to, to new music all the time. And now with, you know, technology, uh, to get off my soapbox, but you can just listen to someone who just put out a demo in their basement, and you know they never played a live show before, or you know, you know any you know anything from the you know the the Stones to you know Bob Marley you know, the snap of your finger. So yeah, if you're gonna send it over, I will definitely right. check it out. Yeah, cool. right. It's like one album that I could say you know it's like I'm just thinking like that I just found, but apparently my wife knew all along. She's like, oh yeah, we have that one. I was like, well, fair enough. It's this uh, you know the war on drugs and it sounds like old Bob oh, Dylan, yeah. but it's like this contemporary dude. And maybe people are familiar with that. I just crossed that, you know, and I was like, Oh man, this is amazing. So it's like, you know, it, oh, yeah. it just depends on, you know, how it goes and what I find and That's you know, the best. The what sticks hole. out in a playlist. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Yeah. That's how I was a Pink Floyd. I was way late on that. And somebody kind of was like, wait, what? And then they, I just listened to their whole, you know, discography in like three days. And I was like, and then, right my mind was changed forever. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's good. And whoever's writing these algorithms for some of these, you know, song programs now, it's pretty amazing. I just now started Spotify breaks, like your styles into like three to four different, like daily mixes. And I just been playing those and getting turned on to new music all the time. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Life is good. There's never going to be any lack of music. So, but uh, Jordan, I think that, I mean, I think we're good. Obviously, I mean, in, in full disclosure, I really enjoyed speaking with you and I know that you and I probably could speak for hours. And so I, uh, Agreed. and I really, and I really, you know, am excited about that. It's going to be hard. I, I try to, I try not to edit the, the episodes, but, um, you know, do what you gotta do. 
<laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I think that if we can keep it where it's at. Then I think that's you know, like you know, I'm not, I'm not a fluffer. I'm not trying to hype it up, but I just definitely you know appreciate it and felt uh, it just felt really easy and, and natural. So I do appreciate that. And when I'm in Chicago, you know, I'll make sure I reach out and I would love to you know either meet you at the brewery, just kind of in, in general, you know, crack one and maybe maybe see the van in 3d, you know, the, the human version totally. and, or the, uh, you know, the, the shag version. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, man. Um, well, you gotta, you gotta, alert. yeah, you yeah. gotta, yeah, you gotta get busy. You got, you got four labels to do and uh, a bunch of other shit, <laughs> but uh, yep, uh, yeah, yep. yeah, I appreciate you. And I, like I said, I'm a, I'm a big fan of your art and um, I, I don't, do you sell prints or anything like that? Like I would love to definitely get something for the studio I'm, at some point. Uh, this is a question that comes up a lot. I'm, it'll be a thing on my website soon. I, I have to get on it, but I'm, I'm working on it. I, I wish I could say a date when I would, but, uh, like we talked right about now, before. Yeah, no, yeah. but I, I do things like, you know, you can email me through my website and if you, you know, request something, I'm usually more than willing to try to get something going. But in all terms right. of being like, oh, I have 50 of this or that, I, I haven't gotten that together yet. Does, all right. Well, maybe, yeah, maybe a yeah, maybe. goal of mine this year. All right, cool. Yeah. Or maybe the. Yeah. yeah, maybe I'll get some. Uh, maybe when I come out, there, I'll get a shirt from you know from the brewery. Kill two birds with one stone, right? There you go. Cool. All right, brother. Well, you have a great one, and like I said, I thank you so much. And uh, it was a pleasure, man. And uh, enjoy your time, and welcome to Dad Life. Thanks, man. And uh, thanks again for having me. Um, yeah. Really excited to see how this all comes together. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna uh, edit it. It's gonna be yeah. a, it's gonna be a five minute interview. It's just gonna be like, hi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Cool, man. Have a great weekend, Jordan. Thanks so much. All right. You too. Bye. And there we have it, folks. Jordan Gullet, solemn oath, right here on this 16 ounce canvas. The Art of Craft Beer podcast. Episode number 50 is in the books. 50 fucking episodes. I know. I am just as shocked as you are. 50. Muy bueno. We thank Jordan. I really enjoyed talking to, you know, talking to him. I was very honest. I have never had a Salamoth beer, but I have a feeling that will change. But it was just nice because I really enjoyed, you know, taking the time and learning about his work. You know, before we spoke, you know, I invested a lot of time into, you know, diving into his portfolio. It was really great to see. In recent months, I've really been on a huge, you know, mural and graffiti kick, you know, especially spending a lot of time in, you know, New York City and Philadelphia, really going down the alleys and just looking around and seeing, you know, the shops that are giving up their walls. You know, seeing the beauty and the art that before maybe didn't have as much uh, chance or was not seen in the same light, it is a great time for street art. Um, you know, I think it's great when businesses or nonprofits or organizations, you know, make that investment or give up, you know, some space to allow for some creativity to flow, you know, literally and figuratively, you know, through their doors or, you know, out into the street. And so, you know, go to jordan.com, J-O-U-R-D-O-N.com, Solomon Brewing. You can also follow along with the, you know, the damn van, go do a little vanning. At some point, I guess we'll see some, you know, 
pics of Little Van, which I think is uh, very fitting and just shows the uh, adventurous spirit. That guy's going to rock. He's going to rock and rock hard. So you're listening to the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. We're here each and every week. Next week, we'll be launching or announcing the sixth 12-pack. Our sixth season has been confirmed, and it's crazy. We're actually just started. I think we have four artists already for the seventh. So just simple math, right? You carry the two, divide, multiply, square root, decimal point, move it over. We're looking at like 80 artists. We're going to go right into, you know, passing our first year, going right into our event. We're going right into the summer. And who knows? I don't know what the future holds for us. Each week is a new adventure. This really is, you know, turning into a people project. Once again, want to thank this past week was New York City Beer Week. Had the great opportunity to have my, you know, this, my love, my passion, be, be, you know, bring me there as part of my, you know, real job. And it was great. I was, you know, had the opportunity to meet some great folks this week. You know, I met Steve McDonald uh, from Burlington Beer Company. We, you know, together went to the Ginger Man, uh, one of my favorite bars in New York City for the other half tap takeover. Met some great folks. Um, went to Torst on Monday. You know, shot to, to Sam the bartender, Sam the butcher. Really great time there. Went over to other half, met some great folks. And then, you know, I went to... An event at nighttime. It was a KCBC and Barrier tap takeover. Met all the crew from you know Barrier and KCBC, but you know most importantly got to meet you know Earl who does all the great work, Funny Bone stuff, and Dan Birch who was our guest last week. Got to meet them in 3D. Dan was beyond kind and you know hooked up kind of an all-star lineup of. Barrier beers for me, which I am, you know, actively working on. It is a project that I've committed myself to undertaking, but it was really great. Went to Barcade with the crew, and everyone was just really great. Got to, you know, meet the folks over there, and just you see, and it's weird because you see some of the folks, you know, when I met the, you know, the the crew from KCBC, you know, all the, you know, the, the owners, and, you know, and brewers over there, and just kind of like you see them on the interwebs, and you're kind of. Like, oh, I know who you are, and it's it's cool. It's probably going to be a little creepy, um, so I apologize for that, but it was really cool to, you know, to put that together and then, you know, had the chance to meet, uh, you know, the Grimms, so that was really awesome, too. And then on top of that, it was kind of, you know, thanks to, to Jim and Bob of the I Drank Beer Show. I Drank Beer Show on Instagram. Their website is idrankbeer.com. You know, we've traded a few beers. It was nice to get there, kind of talk shop. They actually listened to the podcast, which is really fucking cool. So thanks, guys, for that. And what they do is each week they have a they utilize uh, the Instagram live in a really unique way. They get together and you know drink beers. And it's like, oh, that sounds really simple. But you know what I like is you know they they they're really supportive of you know New York craft beer. You know, they're big barrier folks and other half and you know they try the different beers they're starting to brew their own but they really take it seriously we talked kind of talk shop you know talk about mics got some feedback on a you know new mobile option that we'll be exploring 
and who knows maybe we'll figure out a way to you know to collaborate again in the future but we'll definitely be drinking together in 3d again so just want to tip of the cap there and then met the uh the one and only mr uh mr beer canvas at beer canvas on instagram but we'll give we'll we'll you know keep his identity secret but it was really cool to meet him and who knows the two canvases you know might get together at some point and do some Voltron shit, but we'll keep that we'll keep that under wraps for now. But like I said, you are listening or have been and will hopefully continue to listen to this sixteen ounce canvas. The Art of Craft Beer Podcast, one six O Z Canvas on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and now you can find us on YouTube. So yeah. Once again, Mr. Jordan Gullet was here, the one, the only Jordan with an OU. The van man himself, Solemn Oath. Go to jordan.com. You can find all the easy to get to links, find and explore. And it's just really, uh, it was a great opportunity. Um, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty psyched. Things have been going really great. And we want to thank everybody for being a part of it. I look forward to my next trip to Chicago. I think that we're going to. We're going to get the gang together, maybe just do it upright, but there's a, definitely a, a good contingent out there in the, in the Chi-Town area, and we look forward to, you know, having a few in 3D together and seeing where the night goes. So until next week, thank you, thank you, and yes, thank you. See you later, everybody. Cheers.